Hi everyone, welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for the Next Generation Diagnostic Summit, which runs August 15th to the 18th in Washington, D.C. I'm Mana Chandok, an associate producer. We have with us today one of our keynote speakers from the Clinical NGS Assays Applications and Interpretation Track, Dr. Avni Santani, an assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine and a director of clinical laboratories at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Dr. Santani, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. In your talk, you will discuss strategies used by Children's Hospital of Philadelphia to effectively use genomic information in clinical care. Can you give us a brief overview of what those strategies are? So a brief introduction, I'm a laboratory director within the Division of Genomic Diagnostics at CHOP. Our division offers a comprehensive array of tests and technologies for the diagnosis of many genetic conditions. In my talk, I will specifically focus on the exome sequencing program and the strategies utilized for that particular program. So why is exome sequencing important? We know that although genetic disorders are rare individually, as an aggregate, they're very common. One in 10 individuals has a genetic condition, and being in a pediatric hospital, we see a lot of these individuals. Patients that seek exome sequencing as a clinical test typically present with very complex phenotypes. They have multiple organ systems affected. Many of them have been through years of diagnostic odyssey with no molecular diagnosis. And our institution, which has several specialty clinics, sees such patients from all over the country as well as from all over the world. So there was clearly a demand for exome sequencing from our clinicians, mainly because there are many publications that now show that it has been very successful in reaching a molecular diagnosis for complicated clinical cases. So the goal of our program was to work closely with our clinics and our clinicians and really leverage these cutting-edge tools that we have to diagnose these children who come to our hospital seeking answers. And a diagnosis can be very useful both in helping the clinicians making management and treatment decisions as well as families to understand the disease as well as manage prognosis, manage expectations, and facilitate any genetic counseling decisions. So to set up this infrastructure for exome and genome analysis, we spent a lot of our initial time really building our infrastructure in two areas, the informatics pipeline, as well as in building an interdisciplinary team that would focus on the analysis and interpretation of data. So starting with the informatics first, we had an early start in next-gen sequencing. Our group was involved in working on this since early 2008. And so we had already developed a number of the tools and pipelines that are needed for alignment and variant analysis of genomic data. But in addition to that, we were focused for the exome program in developing an infrastructure where you could view the patient's genotype information, the phenotype, the family history, all in one place, as well as leverage and integrate information coming from a large number of databases and resources. Now, this type of integrated analysis is very hard to buy from a vendor off-market, but it's very crucial, and it can ultimately determine your ability to find that rare mutation in the patient's exome. Developing this infrastructure was a significant effort. It took several years, and I will discuss some of the specific details in my talk. And then in addition to this informatics infrastructure, we also focused a lot of our time on our ability to analyze the exome data. To understand which of the thousands of variants in the patient has medical relevance, there are many complexities to that question. What type of phenotype does the patient have? Which gene seems to be more relevant is very subjective and can vary depending on the clinical expertise of the person analyzing the data. And because multiple organ systems are frequently affected, no one person can be an expert on everything. And and so we really wanted to set up something that would ensure that if there was a mutation to be found, we would find it. 
regardless of what the patient's clinical indication was. So to address these challenges, we established an interdisciplinary analysis team. It leverages the expertise of a really large group. There's a combined expertise in clinical genetics, informatics, molecular biology, as well as genetic counseling. And a number of physicians from different specialty clinics are also involved in this effort. We believe that this multidisciplinary approach will provide the most comprehensive approach for analysis of data. And I should mention that both the informatics structure as well as this team was built um, only because we had a lot of support coming in from our organization, especially the leadership at CHOP. So, so far, we have analyzed over 500 exomes. This work has led to many novel gene discoveries and fueled many research efforts in the institution. But most importantly, we have provided diagnosis to patients and families who in some cases have waited for years for an answer. What are some challenges that you've encountered along the way? Well, some of the challenges that I'll talk about will probably not be a surprise. These are community-wide challenges. I like to say that we are in the wild, wild west when it comes to next-gen sequencing. Things are still evolving, and um, we are all learning together as a group across the community. There are currently many limitations to our sequencing technology. There are many, many areas of the genome that are very complex, and they're very hard to navigate through with the current sequencing technology that we all rely on and use most commonly, which means that most of the exome is analyzed, but there are definitely crucial parts of the exomes that are still not being analyzed. And so what can we do to address these regions? So there are high GC-rich regions, there are regions that have high homology, there are areas that are just not being covered because of some probe capture issues. And so we do need to address this in, in two ways. One is to challenge ourselves by using some of the newer technologies on the market. And at the same time, we can probably also do a lot more in-depth curation about these regions and seeing which of these regions are medically relevant and important to curate. The second challenge for our group has been really mining the information that's present within the electronic health records and also putting the information back in it. So we need to standardize how genomic information is being captured. This is not very easy. It's very challenging. And once again, the entire community has been involved with dealing with these challenges of how do we enter records in electronic health record systems as well as how do we mine the data to get new phenotype information. And then finally, I think I would be remiss if I didn't talk about reimbursement challenges. There, There is clearly a lot of work needed to get done in order to prove value to payers is how does this affect, affect the payers? How is this better for the patient? And the more we do in terms of publications, in terms of showing utility, in terms of showing value both in a financial way as well as in quantifiable outcomes, we'll go a long way in getting some of these very complex tests reimbursed. I'll give you an example. Reanalysis of exome data does not really give us a lot of reimbursement, but we know from doing this on a research basis that 10% of an additional 10% of patients can have a diagnosis by reanalysis, and that's because new genes are being discovered all the time. So when you first analyze an exome and you analyze the same exome in a year, obviously you're going to have new information, a new gene that is discovered that could be the cause of the disease for the patient. But because we are limited by resources, we are not able to offer this service at a no charge right now. And so this is, again, is something that directly impacts the patients. We think we should be offering this, but there, there needs to be more in the public space about the value of reanalysis and what it brings back to the families. And the session we are having at the conference is going to talk about some of the value brought through reanalysis of exome. What are some new applications of next-generation sequencing that you are most excited about? Well, one is actually 
taking the data and making sense of it, I think we are discovering new genes at a mind-blowing pace because of the existence of next-gen sequencing. But early on, when you think back to when the first genetic disorders were being studied, such as beta thalassemia, investigators spent years trying to follow up and understand every single variant that was present in these patients. And so we have very strong follow-up and functional data on every single mutation seen in the beta thalassemia gene because of years of work performed by these investigators. It is impossible to do that with the explosion of new gene discoveries, which can be used as a challenge. But at the same time, I think I'm excited that we are able to identify novel genes, we're able to follow these individuals, and hopefully we can show over the course of time how we were able to improve their outcomes. But I do think that more needs to be done in terms of following up on these variants to prove that they are indeed having a functional impact. The other applications are related to transcriptome and single cell sequencing. Those are very exciting. I think they have a very direct sort of functional overview that we could do by integrating both genomic analysis with transcriptome analysis. And then finally, some of the long-read technologies that are out there that are still mainly in the research space, but I think have applications in dealing with these complex areas of the genome that I previously mentioned that are really hard right now to sequence with the short-reach technology that we have access to. And if we are able to really truly target the whole genome without missing or having these pockets or gaps, we will be able to increase our detection rate significantly. Dr. Santani, thank you for your time and insights today. Sure, it was my pleasure. That was Dr. Avni Santani of the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. She'll be speaking at the Clinical NGS Assays, Applications, and Interpretation Track at the upcoming Next Generation Diagnostic Summit, which takes place August 15th to the 18th in Washington, D.C. If you would like to hear her in person, please go to www.nextgenerationdx.com dot com for registration information and enter the key code podcast. I'm Mana Chandok. Thank you for listening.